0: Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right, this train is building up a head of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is... Tune in and enjoy the ride of the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your host conductor Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the tracks. So stay tuned. It's the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor Anthony Smith. You're on board with the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Alright, it is Saturday evening. Take that back. It is 12.07 p.m. That means it's Saturday afternoon in the air capital city. And I have one with me, a former Staff member of the United States Army, Mr. Walter Clark. And Walter Clark don't know this, but he's going to know it in the next couple of seconds. He's actually a guest right now. And he's riding on a train called the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. He is the inaugural of my new segment called Outside the Box, where I don't necessarily talk sports. But the reason I got him on the phone without announcement, plain and simple, today's a big ball game, Army versus Navy. Who else to give me some insight on what it's like being in the Army and what it's like when that game is on and what the atmosphere is like. So, you know, it's always Army saying, let's beat Navy. So, Mr. Clark, since I caught you off guard, since i did like a linebacker would do Patrick Mahomes and blindside (laughs) him. (laughs) You were in the army, right? Yes, sir. How long were you in there? Uh, three years active and three years in the reserve. So, being active, and every time this time of the year came around, you know it's a big game: Army versus Navy. What was that atmosphere like being crowded around that TV?
1: Oh yeah, it was
0: always hyped up. That, that, that was a, that was a big day for us. I mean. Usually, you, you you wanted to watch a, a good game. It wasn't that good because Navy always lost.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> got, got you. And, and, and you know what's, cr- what's crazy about this Army-Navy game? At the time, I didn't know or have any clue or who in our family served, but for some reason, every time this game popped up as a child, for some reason, I feel like, hey, I have to watch Army versus Navy. You know, you got Air Force playing, but you know, it doesn't quite move the needle like Army versus Navy. It's like, that was the game that you had to watch. There was so much, as they say, pomp and circumstances involved in that game. So, Did you know anybody that actually played in that game? I had never known anyone that actually played in the game. So let me ask you this. You heard what my childhood was like. Before you even thought about enlisting in the Army, was this a game that was on your watch list prior to going, or did this game just happen to get on your watch list once you enlisted in the service? Yeah, it it ended up on my watch list after I got out of the service. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, because today is the big Army-Navy game. And over the years now, I don't know if you've really kept in touch with it, but over the years, here in the last few years, they've done things with the uniforms. You know, Nike is, I think, making the uniforms for Army, and I think Under Armour is doing it for Navy, but they like to do something to, you know, dedicate to someone of high standards coming out each service branch. So, have you got a whip of any of the uniforms over the years? Any that stand out that you're like, hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind wearing that, especially being, being you from the Army. No. <laughs> I, I, I try to stay away from uniforms now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably about the only form uniform we could catch you in would be a Patrick Mahomes uniform, right? Or something Kansas City, right? Definitely, definitely. Well, I think what I'm going to do, especially since I caught you off guard, I'm going to go online one day and I'm going to look up these uniforms, these football uniforms, these football jerseys, and I'm going to make that a personalized gift from Mr. One Walter Clark Third. As a matter yeah. of fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to find one of those Army jerseys that they've had over the past couple of years See if I can get your name on the back. See if I can get personalized with Clark 3 or WC3 or whatever you want on there. Oh, sounds good. A regulator. In like, fact, my well, cousin back in the day. My cousin served in this branch of the service in the army. And this jersey was made specially for him. Now we also have a mutual cousin, Chris. He was in the service too, wasn't he? What branch was he in? N- Navy. Oh. Man, I would have loved to have gotten both of y'all on the phone at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can yeah. you can you imagine a banter going uh, back Army versus Navy would be about at a fever pitch of Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State? Yeah, right. But man, yeah. I I I want to say I thank you for your time for letting me catch you off guard like this because this is my inaugural outside the box segment of my A Train Sports Talk podcast. So Trust me, once this is completed, all my segments are done, you will definitely be getting a copy of this for your listening pleasure. I hope you have enjoyed the other ones. And if you haven't listened to them, we're not going to say that on this podcast, okay? You can tell me all fair. (laughs) But once again, my guest, my blindsided guest, my cousin, and I can do him like this, Mr. Walter Clark. Let's give it up for him. Thank you. Thank you. All right, when I come back, I will have some more sports talk. And it's a lot to get to, some HBCU news, some NFL news, some college news. The coaching carousel is going around and around like a merry-go-round. So after this message, I will be right back. You're on board the A Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Okay, we are riding down the tracks. We went way down to Muskoka, Oklahoma, unbeknownst. Yeah, it's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. This is part two of what I call Outside the Box. have a cousin on earlier. His name is Walter Clark, who actually served in the Army. And today is Army versus Navy. So I'm picking up on Army people today. And I went way down to Muskogee, So help me welcome in my cousin, who is also pastoring loving Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. Gary. Paul, oh, welcome on board the A train.
1: Welcome, thank you. So, Gary, how you doing? I'm doing well today. How you know, you we we
0: well? grew up together. We took road trips together. You got me in trouble one time. I'm gonna share this. We in the back seat, and I'm gonna wait, and he sleep. Gary had a problem called talking in his sleep. So. Quite naturally, mom and dad. I don't know where we were going, but it was a long trip. All of a sudden, Gary starts laughing, talking about, stop, Anthony, stop tickling me. Daddy like, yeah, leave that boy alone. Mama looked back, said, Anthony ain't buying that boy. He back there talking in his sleep. (laughs) Gary, so glad to unexpectedly have you on board the A-Train. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well
0: today. How how, how did you remember that story?
1: I do remember that story very well.
0: How does it feel to know you almost got me in trouble without knowing you was getting me in trouble?
1: Yeah, I do remember that. And I didn't know until I woke up.
0: So by us growing up together, we we experienced a lot of things. We experienced road trips, uh, head marlins, vacation Bible school, me, Sitting up under a dunce hat in vacation Bible school of all places,
1: I remember that, but
0: we also got to watch a lot of sports, yes, so I talked with our cousin Walter, who's in the Army, and you know yeah. there's the big game, Army versus Navy. Your dad was in the Army. How long was he in there for
1: uh he was He was in there probably four years, four years, so yeah growing up as a
0: child when that game came on now for me i don't know what it was about me but it was something about every time army navy came on it's like i had to watch it there was other games i would definitely watch if it was on tv for some reason army navy had me glued like gorilla glue that's the strongest glue going today did you grow up watching that game or did you take an interest in that game knowing that your dad was in the service
1: well but to be honest, I I would watch it, but it wasn't a really game that, that if it was on, I watched it, but I never would, you know, if I missed it, it was okay as well. So it wasn't one of those games to where I had to watch it. Uh, if it was on, I'd watch it. If it wasn't and I missed had something else to do, uh, I would do that as well.
0: I guess I was the oddball then because for some reason that game captivated me. I don't know what it was about the game, but it had my attention glued. I wouldn't even go outside if I had to feed the dog, but the dog was usually fed in the morning. That game was usually on the Saturday, so I wasn't going to miss the game. I mean, it was on my list of things to watch, just like waking up Thanksgiving, watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, around Christmas time, New Year's, watching the of Roses Parade, those were just some things that we had to watch. So for some reason with me, it was that Army-Navy game. Now, if you ask me who the players were, I couldn't begin to tell you. If you ask me how many players came out of pros went that came from Army or Navy went to the pros, I couldn't even begin to tell you. But one thing I can tell you, when you watch that game, to see all those cadets in their uniforms, the stadium packed out, it's unlike any other sight to behold. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes, I agree. Beautiful sight. In and in, uh, both sides in their in their uniforms. Beautiful picture. Uh and you and just that picture itself is like, wow. Uh, you got uh two branches of the military on the field competing against each other, uh off the field working together for the common cause for our nation. Isn't that awesome?
0: That that is that is that is something to behold. If we could yeah. could you know what you just said some could you say that again? Please say that again, you know, cause you're talking about the fighting for the common cause. But re restate that whole statement from two different branches playing against each other, but
1: at the end of the
0: day, could could you say that one more time?
1: I said it beautiful picture with everyone in their uniforms and they're on the field competing against each other for that gang, but off the field. <laughs> working together for a common cause for our nation
0: and if we could just take that last part and apply it to everyday life what a beautiful world this would actually be as far as people interacting because when it's all said and done we all have a common good a common cause and that cause should be well let's just go ahead and say it uh, racial equality yes Seeing people as people, not people as color. Correct. I think Martin Luther King said it best that don't judge me by the color of my skin, but judge me on the content of my character. character. Amen. And everybody, once you get to meet them, has a level of character to them. And once we get beyond the surface, which is the skin color, maybe then we can see everybody as being in a uniform. Fighting for a common cause to make this place a better place in which we live, like our I men in the service academies, the army, the navy, the air force, marines. Yeah, because they're all different branches, but they're all fighting as one.
1: Yeah,
0: and we as Americans, we too should also be as one. So yes, one. this this day is about army versus navy. Talking to people who have either served or have had family that have served. Uh I was gonna talk to our other cousin, but uh all I'm gonna say is just keep him in prayer. I'm talking about Chris. He had a okay. They had a tragedy in the family, so okay. But I am so elated that I could catch up with you on the phone today and get you unexpectedly, like I told Walter, blindsided you and got you on the train. You know, you have to be very trustworthy to trust somebody going down a track on a train is blowing up ahead of steam not knowing what corner is laying around what's laying around that right. corner so you had to be very trustworthy to trust me with your life on this train but thank you for joining me on the train and I know you are a busy man you are the pastor of a church and uh to all my listeners who may end up hearing this cause so I'm going to share the link via spot Spotify also that way you can share this as well too but this link will be shared on Spotify uh because Spotify is the one that powers Anchor podcast. I'm on Anchor platform, but it's powered by Spotify. So, for the listeners, please tell the people what church you pastor and where you're located at.
1: I'm the pastor of Loving Mount Calvary Baptist Church in the great city of Muskogee, Oklahoma.
0: Muskogee, Oklahoma.
1: Yes. You can catch us on Facebook. Uh, Hold on. It's Loving Mount, Mount Calvary. Yeah, Loving Mount Calvary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, you can come and visit us in person at 622 North 6th Street in the city of Muskogee, Oklahoma.
0: And so much greatness has come out of the city of Muskogee, Oklahoma. People, hey, and quietness is kept. Let me just throw this tidbit out there. Muskogee is, is one of the richest towns in America. People probably didn't know that, but some of the richest people, Muskogee, Oklahoma. Can I get amen on that, Gary? Amen. You knew about that. Amen. Well, once again, we're going to let you go, and thank you for joining us on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast on my new segment called Outside the Box. Outside the Box is a segment where we don't necessarily talk sports. Sometimes sports come up, but at best, it's just talking to common people. I may even get some celebrities on, but today was Walter Clark and Gary Hall's time today. It's a part one and a part two, so I thank my guests for being on once more again. Give them some applause because they both deserve it. And we'll be back with some more sports talk. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. and. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Sports Talk Podcast, it's your host and conductor. Yep, that's right, it's me. Yep. I caught two people off guard today. Today was the debut of Outside the Box, where I don't necessarily talk sports, but in a way, sports kind of get mixed in there, and today is the Army versus Navy game, so I want to get perspective from an army side and a navy side however i couldn't effort the navy side because what i was going to get the insight from is dealing with family tragedy right now so we'll table that but i want to say special thanks to my guest walter clark my cousin who actually served in the armed forces and my other cousin gary whose father served in the armed forces so at least i got the army side figured out today in the inaugural outside the box there will be more to come but now today we are going to get to some sports talk there's a lot happening on the hbu scene so let's just Get right into that. Like I told you at the onset, I will talk some HBCU sports news, and this is the HBCU game day report. So starts out South Carolina State looking to make the most of Celebration Bowl. A lot of folks won't admit it now, but there was apprehension about the Celebration Bowl in the early days. MEAC Commissioner Dr. Dennis Thomas' idea to pit the MEAC and the SWAC champions against each other in a bowl game was not popular with many people in the conference, and Buddy Pugh was one of them. The South Carolina State head coach, the longest servicing active head coach in HBCU football, admitted on Thursday that he was not in favor of it initially. I can tell you that I fought for a good many years to keep this thing from happening, Pugh said at a press conference for the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta on Thursday. Then, by the time I figured out that this was something that we ought to really buy into, I think I've been punished for not being able to be able to be on board at the very beginning by not being able to come for all those years. Pew was halfway joking, but it is somewhat surprising that the December 18 game against Jackson State will be SC State's first appearance. The program has a MEAC record, 18 football championships, and Pew has won nearly half of them. But since the game's inception in 2015, his program has found itself on the outside, looking in as rival North Carolina A&T made three trips and NC Central was the conference representative in 2016. Twice in that span, in 2015 and 2019, SC State won a piece of the MEAC title. But didn't get the big prize. We played a lot of games in Atlanta. We played at the old Georgia Dome, Pew said. But this is the first time I've set foot into the Mercedes-Benz Dome, and I'm excited. Besides the shiny stage, comes the financial reward of making the bowl game. The financial payout is a bit below 600K, plus an allotment of tickets to sell. Well, the main part of the money part is that we want to make sure that we do a good job of being good stewards of exactly what's being done financially from the Celebration Bowl. Pew told HBCU Game Day in Las Vegas earlier this week, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to give back to our university in a way that we ordinarily wouldn't have a chance to. South Carolina State is looking for the bowl game to pay off in more ways than one. The game offers high visibility in the area of recruiting. We do recruit mostly in South Carolina, but we work some Georgia kids. We work some North Carolina kids. We work Florida a little bit. To be in a game such as this, you know, all the publicity that we would get from having this opportunity would be something that I think will help. So there you have a little glimpse of what's going on as far as South Carolina State making it to the Celebration Bowl. There's also been some more movement taking place.
1: As we take a look at this one. If I can
0: pull that back up. Hugh Jackson is hired to take over the Grambling program. Yes, that's right. Hugh Jackson hired to take on over the Grambling program. As you know, Hugh Jackson is a former NFL coach, Raiders, Cleveland Brown. So what we're going to do right now is we are going to effort pulling up this report because I believe that it is newsworthy. Hopefully we can get Grambling back on track because let's just face it. Gremlin pretty much used to be like what was considered the black Notre Dame. Gremlin was that prominent school that you knew about back in the day outside of your mainstream programs. You knew Gremlin. You knew Eddie Robinson. So hopefully Hugh Jackson can get that ship turned around and headed in the right direction because. In the land of the HBCU schools, the world's a better place when grambling is prominent. That's not taking away nothing that Deion Sanders is doing with Jackson State. I've said it oftentimes, and I will continue to say it. If Deion Sanders decides to stay put for the duration at Jackson State, he could easily become The Eddie Robinson 2.0. He pretty much has nothing else to prove elsewhere. So. He will be getting a lot of offers. and A lot of invites to come into the house. Or the big house. Or it's his decision. To either stay and build the house. Jackson State University. HBCU school. Playing in the SWAC. Averaging 30,000 plus on a good game, almost capacity, which is 50-something thousand plus. I think Deion Sanders is in a good place. Let's just hope that
1: Grambling, with this hire, can turn things around.
0: What I'm going to do right here is I'm going to take a pause, and when I come back, I will have some more for you. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Stay with me. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, $0.99 cents a month, 4 dollars a month, or 9 dollars a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to the A Trade Sports Talk podcast. Your host and conductor, Yep, yeah, this me, Andy Smith. Yes, you know, it's going in kind of hard there on the HBCU. We'll get, we'll get to the mainstream. Just, just, we'll get there, okay? We'll get there. However, Deion Sanders, one who's not shy about the transfer portal, well, Deion Sanders lands a commit from a former. P5 wide receiver he coached in high school. Deion Sanders hasn't been shy about keeping the doors of the transfer portal open since he's been at Jackson State, and he just hauled in a talented receiver that both he and Shadur Sanders are both familiar with. Former Indiana wide receiver Jordan Williams has committed to play at JSU. A member of the class of 2020, Williams was rated as a three star recruit by 24 7 Sports. The site had him ranked as the 127th best wide receiver and the 137th best prospect in Texas. The Albany, Georgia native started his college career at Westover High School before transferring to Trinity Williams. Before transferring to Trinity, Williams played his senior season at Cedar Hill, Texas Christian Academy. Texas Christian, where he was one of the top targets for Jackson State's current quarterback while his father served as offensive coordinator prior to taking over at JSU. The two helped Trinity win the state title in 2020 as both players were seniors. He played in two games as a freshman at IU and will have full eligibility moving forward. At the time he entered the transfer portal, he was practicing with the receivers and the defensive backs. The Jackson statewide receiving court is already deep with talent, but there should be plenty of room for someone who is familiar with both the quarterback and head coach Deion Sanders. JSU figures to also bring back Malachi Weidman, who signed this season after sitting out after sitting at Tennessee, as well as true freshman Travante Rucker. The early national signing date is set for December the 15th. Also, in more news coming out of HBCU territory, Hugh Jackson takes over as Grambling State head coach. Hugh Jackson, the Hugh Jackson era is officially underway at Grambling State University. Former NFL head coach and recent offensive coordinator at Tennessee State is the new head coach at Grambling following a month-long search. Former Baltimore Raven linebacker Ray Lewis and Kevin Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin, were also in the running for the job, sources told HBCU game day on Wednesday. Jackson spent much of the last two decades at professional level serving as head coach for the Oakland Raiders and Cleveland Browns. He does have extensive college experience, including a stint with USC where he helped develop Carson Palmer, but he has never been a head coach at the collegiate level. A quick look at Hugh Jackson's NFL resume. Jackson got his first start, his first taste of coaching at an HBCU this fall when he joined Eddie George's staff as offensive coordinator for his inaugural season as head football coach. TSU's offense averaged around just under 20 points per game, with Jackson as OC. TSU finished second in the OVC in passing offense and efficiency with his quarterback tossing for 203 yards per game with an efficiency rating of 124. Hugh Jackson replaces Broderick Fobbs, who was let go prior to the Bayou Classic with a 3-11 record. During the 2021 calendar year including an 0-4 spring season he inherits a program that has storied history winning the SWAC as recently as 2017. Things got stagnant after that with back to back six and five seasons in twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen before the bottom fell out this season. One thing working in Jackson's favor. Every coach at Grambling has won at least one swag title since Eddie Robinson. This is another this is another step towards the right direction for HBCUs, Deion Sanders said via the pregame show. With Coach Jackson's knowledge, experience and resources, the young men at Grambling at Grambling will benefit tremendously. God bless the swag. Looking at the hardwood, that's right, a little bit of college basketball, let's show the HBCU women some love, as Jackson State women nearly upset an SC team, SEC team on the road. On Thursday, night in Fayetteville. The Tigers came close. Jackson State rallied from a 9-point halftime deficit to take the lead and control most of the second half, but clutch free throws late in the game helped the Razorbacks hang on for a 66-62 win over the Tigers at Bud Walton Arena. Amisha Williams' holiday was just shy of a triple-double scoring 18 points, required a massive 21 rebounds on the glass and finished with seven blocks as Jackson State put a scare into the Arkansas Razorbacks in front of 2,522 fans. Deja Rogan also scored in double figures, recording 13 points. JSU 1-4 played toe-to-toe with the Razorbacks, 72, who entered the game outscoring their opponents by 19 points per game. However, with 141 remaining in the game, JSU and Arkansas were tied 61 off. After Maya Crump hit one of two free throws for the Tigers with 101 remaining in the contest, Arkansas answered with a triple to take the lead 64-62. JSU had two final chances to tie the game. Williams Holiday's potential game tying layup with 31 seconds to play, rattled out, and she pulled down the offensive rebound and attempted a turnaround jumper that hit the front of the rim. Arkansas pulled down the defensive rebound and added two free throws following a GSU foul with 10 seconds left to seal the win. Notables of the game, Jackson State was 25 of 64 for 34% shooting from the field and 11 of 19, 58% from the charity strike. Arkansas shot 37%, 24 of 65 from the field and 56%, 10 of 18 from the free throw line. Tigers registered 50 rebounds, including 34 on the defensive glass and 16 on the offensive glass. The Razorbacks pulled down 39 rebounds with 27 coming on the defensive end and 12 on the offensive end. JSU finished with 34 points in the paint, 19 bench points, 6 fast break points, and 11 second chance points. Arkansas registered 9 bench points, 24 points in the paint eight fast break points, and nine second chance points. So don't let the records fool you. Those girls went to play the game. So now what I am going to do is take a look at some more coaching moves as this hit the wire yesterday. Dan Lanning to leave Georgia to become Oregon head coach. Georgia defense coordinator Dan Lanning will be named the new head coach at Oregon as soon as Monday, according to a person familiar with the situation. While a contract has not been signed, there is an agreement in place, and the deal is expected to be finalized next week. Lanning in Georgia are negotiating whether the assistant coach will remain with the school through the college football playoff. Georgia will face Michigan in the semifinal December 31st. The winner of that game will play the winner of Alabama-Cincinnati game in the other semifinal, the Cotton Bowl, for the national title January 10th in Indianapolis. Lanning started at Georgia as the outside linebacker's coach in 2018, making $325,000 a year after raising his salary several times as offers came from other schools. Most recently, the defensive coordinator position at Texas, he made $1.7 million this season. The Oregon position came up on, came open when Mario Cristobal left for Miami early this week. Georgia and Oregon open next season against each other. They play September 3rd in a Chick-fil-A kickoff game at mercedes-benz stadium lanning who played at william Jewell college in missouri also coached at pittsburgh arizona state sam houston state alabama where he was on the same staff as georgia coach kirby smart and memphis he was the inside linebackers coach and recruiting coordinator at memphis from 2016 to 2017 before becoming before coming to georgia as for Georgia's staff, inside linebacker's coach Glenn Schumann holds the title of co-defensive coordinator. Also, former South Carolina coach Will Muschamp is on the staff as special teams coordinator and assists with defensive backs. Muschamp also served as defensive coordinator at Auburn, LSU, and Texas. Georgia's defense this season ranks at or near the top of the national rankings in all of the major categories, first in scoring defense, 9.54, Points per game 5.46 fewer than the next team. Second in total defense 254.4 yards per game. Second in pass efficiency defense 102.17 rating. Third in run defense 81.7 yards per game. And third in pass defense 172.7 yards per game. One of Lanny's star pupils, nose guard Jordan Davis, won the Outland Trophy this season as the nation's top interior lineman. David also won the Chuck Bednarik Award and is the third person to win both awards in the same season. Davis also finished ninth in the highest in trophy voting this year. N'Kobe Dean, another star Bulldog defender, won the Buckets Award as the nation's top linebacker. Lenny's compensation has increased 540% in four years at Georgia. I'm forever grateful to Coach Smart for giving me the opportunity to coach at the University of Georgia, Landing said in August following the pay raise. It's always been a dream of mine to coach the elite and to have the opportunity to compete for championships at the highest level. I think Georgia provides that. Rewards such as Landing has received do not come unwarranted. The 1 million of increases. Landing has received over the past two years are listed as competitive raises on Georgia's accounting ledgers. Each came as a result of Lanning being offered work elsewhere. Mike Norvell, for whom Landing worked at Memphis, tried to hire him away to Florida State before last season. And new Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian took a shot at acquiring Landing in January. It's competitive and when you're at a good program, You're going to have have good opportunities, the 35-year-old Lanny, who is married and has three sons said before the season. But the grass is not always greener, and I've learned that from watching Coach Smart for several years. You know, being successful where you're at, opportunities will come. So there you have some news on some more coaching moves right there. And what I am going to do now, I am going to pretty much bring this train into the station as my time is drawing near to where it is about time for me to get out of here. But I hope you have enjoyed today's content, especially with the inaugural Outside the Box. But for right now... We are about to bring this train into the station. Yep, that's right. We are about to come back into the station. Get on out of here. Once again, we hope you have enjoyed all the content. Uh, Like I say, today, and it will get better. Outside the box, where we will talk to people that's not abs- that's not necessarily sports related. However, some sports may get mixed in the fray, and we definitely had to do a somewhat of a deep dive on HBCU. We did a little bit on the mainstream college. We will do more next time, but until that time, always remember to stay locked and loaded in the zone. I mean, what am I talking about? Well. When I'm in this state, I am in a zone, so to speak. But always remember, be ready to roll down the tracks. You never know where this train is going to take you to. You never know who we're going to pick up. I hope you have enjoyed the ride. Once again, this is Adrian's Push Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. saying see you later.